Good morning or afternoon, folks. I'm Jackson, and I'm here with the esteemed Reverend Daniel Normand. I probably shouldn't say your middle name. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, David Normand. David Mor- I forgot which one came first. Yeah, it's it's cool. Hutchin Howard. Hutchinson. Yes. Jackson, it's great to be here. Yeah. I'm, uh, with your esteemed self. Yes. I've got my coffee. I'm ready to go. Ready to go. I've already had a couple cups. Nice. Yes. So we're... Are you sleeping well? You know, last night was not bad. We had a 5 a.m. wake up call, yeah. which we sort of put off till close to six so you know broken sleep for that hour i can't believe you just let your child be in the room by themselves uh i mean you know good for you it's only for (laughs) we're in and out yeah don't get me wrong yeah no there was was even a feeding in there yeah in an attempt to uh go to sleep make him sleep longer but go to sleep and Yeah. The saddest was I came in probably around five. I, maybe this was when I actually got him up. Um, but I came in and he was like on his stomach and was like pushing himself up and like turned to look at me and then went toppling over sideways oh. and whacked his head on the side of the crib. Oh. Not like a dangerous way, but then he just like burst into tears. Oh. And so I was like, okay, Poor this, guy. I guess it's time to get you up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're coming up on. Uh, Eight months, man. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know. You're like... Monday. Monday. Is eight, is eight months. Eight months. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Eight monks and a... Monks? <laughs> eight monks. Eight monks. <laughs> eight monks. Yeah. So, uh, we're not actually talking about our babies. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. It is hard not to talk about them, though. Yeah. They're kind of a lot of our world right now. Yeah. And super cute. And super cute. That's true. And in, and uh, gonna be married someday. So yes, they are betrothed. They are betrothed. Yeah. This is this is true. If you thought I, betrothal was out, I I thought um, <laughs> although the couple of interactions that they have socially distanced, don't worry. That's true. Uh, yes. Interactions that they've had. Um, I got I got to work on my own daughter here because it, it seems like Hattie. Edmund's way more into Hattie than <laughs> Hattie is, is into Edmund. Have, yeah. Hattie is not impressed. Which I mean, but that it's true that men don't usually come into their own until at least their late twenties. Yeah, yeah. he's got a long way to go. He's got he's got a long way to go. So, anywho, it's good to be back together. It good is to be back with you all. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and thanks for being patient. I know that it took me a while to get out our last episode. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't take me as long to get out this episode. Um, yeah. But. It's really nice to be busy here at the church. Yeah. You know, we're busy and that's cool. It's fun. It is cool. Yeah. yeah. Doing lots of different things. Had fall retreat in there. Had uh, been doing Sunday school on Wednesday night and uh, staying safe and everything seems to be rolling pretty well in yeah. spite of uh, what else is going on. But, yeah. you know, yeah, as far as numbers, but. Yeah. No, we're super grateful. I mean, we've, yeah. we really. And trying to be safe and feel very, just very grateful that that uh, people have been able to continue to come and enjoy the community. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't been able to come, or maybe those of you who even have been able to come, glad that you've um, been listening to this. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, 
hopefully this is a just kind of an additional connection point for you um, throughout your week. Absolutely, absolutely. And thanks for all of those who have come up to us and commented about about uh, the podcast. Actually, what we're talking about today was at a suggestion of a yeah. listener. Yeah, and uh, and we'll have a few more of those coming up. Yeah, as well. So yeah. we appreciate the feedback. Uh, so today, as Jackson just sort of uh, foreshadowed, we are jumping into a very important topic, challenging topic, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness, even if, even if you don't love me anymore. Shout out to Steve Wilson. Yes. Don Henley. Don Henley. Yeah. Yeah. One of the... I mean, I know Steve Wilson didn't sing that song, but... Yeah, yeah. He's, he likes that song. He likes that yes. song. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure Steve Wilson did sing that song, but yes. maybe is not noted for singing it. <laughs> He's known for a lot of things. He's known for a lot of things. Yes. Um, so, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a pretty key idea and term for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot. And it's, I would say, a central component of what we believe. We talk about God's forgiveness for us. I think we know that we as Christians are supposed to be forgiving, right? We're supposed to forgive others. We get that command throughout scripture, and we'll come Mm -hmm. back to that a little bit later on. But I also think it's hard. Yeah. I think forgiveness is like one of the most obvious and difficult things in the Christian life. You know, I find that most of the difficult things in the Christian life are the obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. But yes, I, I totally agree with yeah. that, that forgiveness is difficult. Yeah, but it's like not difficult because it's confusing. Right. I mean, it's, maybe, maybe there's some confusion, Well, but... It's fairly simple. It's just, yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. So we want to we wanna explore this together. Yeah. Um we're called to forgive, right? That's that's the 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 big idea, right? We're we're called to forgive as Christians. Are we? Where do yes. we find that we're called to forgive? Well, Dan, among other places, we might look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew's, What's in Matthew chapter 6? I'm glad you asked, Jackson. <laughs> it is uh, Matthew chapter 6 is the middle section of the Sermon on the Mount and and all for all you Canadians, it's the Sermon on the Mounty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh man. Thanks to our Canadian listeners out yeah, there. Thank you. Yeah, we we do appreciate a all our Canadian listeners. <laughs> We're not going to have any more Canadian listeners out that section. We've offended them all. We've offended them all. Please forgive us. Yes. Ooh, mm, nice transition. Yeah, thanks. So, uh chapter 6, we get the Lord's prayer and part of the Lord's prayer is uh forgive us our Debts, trespasses, sins, whatever you want to say, as uh, we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. And then there's this pesky little phrase that Jesus says after he finishes the prayer that uh, if we do not forgive, we'll not be forgiven. Which we'll get into later. Boom. Boom. 
it's one of, it's, it's you know i don't know how recently you as a listener or you jackson but you as a yeah. listener have read through the sermon on the mount but pretty recently because you read it to me in staff chapel like a month right. ago yeah but yeah it's basically just mic drop after mic drop yeah yeah it really is i mean jesus is just bringing the hammer again and again and again and this is one of those places but uh he, he he's pretty clear about the importance of forgiveness and and that's not the only place but that's i think enough to enough to get us going so i i think before we th- there's a lot that i want to I think we can get into about forgiveness and, yeah. and why do we forgive? Why why is that command stated with in such stark terms, and 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 how do we become people of forgiveness? Why is it hard? But maybe just to make sure we're on the same page, what does it actually mean to forgive someone? Man, and I think that when we say that it's simple, that this is kind of where it can get confusing yeah a little bit too because we can not as simple (laughs) yeah where it's not as simple because we throw around the word forgiveness and it's kind of like the word love in our culture now it just means a bajillion different things right yeah and so i don't know is forgiveness that we um forget what somebody else does is it that we remember what they did, but we just let it go? Mm. Um, and I find that that is really hard to do because yeah. then it always like stays in the back of your mind yeah. and you're kind of like, I don't know, keeping score in some way of like, oh, I'll let that one slide. Yeah. Well, is letting it slide the same as forgiveness? Yeah. Um, is forgiveness something that you have to practice one time per act? Mm. So say you do wrong to me, Dan, and I forgive you for that act. Yeah. Is that going to be the only time that I ever have to forgive you for that act? Or Mm -hmm. am I going to have to forgive you either multiple times or is that like an ongoing thing? Yeah. Yeah. Which I I guess I kind of am answering that for you. I think that there are some particular acts where you have to practice forgiveness as an attitude and lifestyle towards that person Mm -hmm. for a really long time if not for the rest of your relationship with that person yeah and so it's not just like a i can say i forgive you and then that means i forgave you does that make sense yeah so it's it it is an action and there is like a a sort of concrete moment where we might say i forgive you but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's over and done right that we may that that may need to take place in the future yeah continually Again, it may need to come back yeah right yeah so which I, th- I think oh go ahead no i'm just I, I think that's where it gets confusing is because we as children we learn that we it's really cute uh with campbell my three-year-old she will do something wrong and i'll get mad yeah you know especially when she like punches me in the face or something like that because she's upset about something and then it's like okay well i'm really mad at you right now and we're gonna do timeout and there's kicking and screaming and all that stuff and blah 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 and then when we come to a place where she's calmed down 
to where we can discuss what has gone wrong and what has happened and why dad is so mad and why that hurt our relationship. And I say, Mm -hmm. well, I forgive you. Campbell always looks at me and says, I forgive you, which is super cute. That's really cute. Um, cute. And I'm like, that's not how it works, Campbell. But (laughs) um, I think that from the time that we're little kids, we think, you know, I'm sorry. I, go tell that person that you're sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. And then that person says, I forgive you or it's okay. Yeah. And then you move past it and it's done and it's over. Yeah. And I don't think that that's reality or that's yeah. actually how forgiveness works. I think that it's oftentimes, maybe in some situations, yeah. um, that's how it works. Maybe mm-hmm. in some situations, one person can view it as a wrong and the other person is like oh that was not really a big deal i'm glad that you confessed that to me or yeah i'm I'm sorry that you felt like that was such a big wrong it's not that big of a deal let's let's move past this right right um and i think sometimes people can look inside and say okay that did hurt me but this person was big enough to come to me admit a wrong ask for forgiveness and then um so since they were willing to do that then we'll just move past this. Well, I will forgive and we'll move past this. Um, but I feel like the things that we're really called to forgive, the chasms in relationships, the, the, the burned bridges Mm. in relationships, those, that's an act of forgiveness that lasts really, really, really long time. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, and I, I think that sort of you're 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 getting at to the relationship between forgiveness and reconciliation. Oh yeah, and I think that that that's a a fascinating kind of topic to dig into a little bit. Is are those things synonymous? Which I would say I don't think they are. Yeah, I think one sort of leads to the other. But what is that relationship between? Um, yeah, someone saying they're sorry, the other person saying in this most kind of basic example, yeah. yeah, I forgive you, thank you for doing that. And then the relationship being restored, which would be reconciliation. And so like forgiveness sort of is on the path to that. But as you're saying, for some of these deeper issues, for some of these truly burned bridges, um, that end stage is going to be a lot harder and and maybe even the steps of forgiveness will be harder along the way too, um, but that's I, I think I think forgiveness is is hopefully getting us to a place where there can be reconciliation um, is is sort of the end goal uh, in some ways of forgiveness. But I think forgiveness is also its its own reality that can happen even if that that end the relationship even even if there's never restoration. Right. Yeah. We don't we don't have to. Um, we can still forgive. And I, th- I think part of that gets to, you know, what when we think of what is forgiveness. I think that part of it in my mind is a, a letting go. Um, we have to, you know, kind of forgive and forget is sort of a catchphrase, but a letting go of what the other person has done. Uh, also maybe a, a letting go of our own right to feel hurt offended or to our sort of right to put ourselves in a place of judgment over the other person Mm -hmm. that we're 
we're sort of yeah we're just we're just stepping out of that out of that place and out of that role and 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 sort of end saying you and what you have done is no longer going to have have power right between us yeah i agree with that and i think not letting what has been done or how a relationship has been soiled or a particular action and not letting that action have power is actually reflecting how god forgives us yeah if that makes sense yeah um and and what jesus actually did on the cross in order that we can be restored or reconciled to god through jesus okay so um i think what you said you know the catchphrase that 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 is out there forgive and forget sorry i'm getting a phone call from maryland i don't i don't know anyone from maryland silence um no maryland yes um so i think i think that where was i thanks a lot maryland um talking about what jesus Oh yeah, when we said forgive and forget, and that's like a common catchphrase. And I think that we don't want to forgive and forget, but is that actually the example of forgiveness that we get from God? Is that the kind of forgiveness that we have? Is a forgive and forget from God, a God who knows everything? Mm-hmm. Can He forget our sin? Well, I'm glad you asked, because there's this really weird passage in Psalms that's requoted in Hebrews. Where God says, I will remember their sins no more. Which is totally mind-blowing. But it's also there. Yeah, so does that mean that God doesn't actually remember it? Or does that mean that God doesn't hold it against? Yeah. And does it matter, the difference between the two? I mean, in, in some sense, no. But it's, I think that, you get this language of remembering or I don't know, there's a parallel even with um, some of the language of like loving and hating. Think mm-hmm. of God saying like Esau hated and the idea is not despising in the way that we think of it, but a rejection of like mm-hmm. the choices of Jacob and through Jacob, the people of Israel come. And I think in the same way, like there's the, the I will remember is, is the sovereign choice of God to, to not hold our sins against us, as you said, it's the sovereign choice of God to put that away. And then, but the thing is, when when God puts it away, it's it's gone, it's right? Gone. I mean, so that's right. So, I mean, in some sense, I think God does forget it. I, I mean, I, 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 it's 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 no longer held in the mind of God as of any import. Right. It loses its power. It loses its substantiality. It loses its like essence or being. It's it. it in some sense, I think our sins cease to be. Yeah, and it it can seem like we're kind of navigating semantics here, but I think that it's really important when you talked about forgiveness being central to the idea of Christianity or to being central in uh, the lives of followers of Christ because our relationship with God through Jesus Christ is based on forgiveness. It It is the central idea. Yeah. of our relationship with God is uh, is forgiveness and through an atoning sacrifice, which used to be through animals. Yeah. Um, but 
has been uh, through the person of Jesus Christ. So it it may seem like a silly discussion on does God actually forget yeah. or does he just not hold it against us? And whether whatever we come down to, it doesn't really matter. It's that our, our sins are, are not held against us, that yeah. they are not important to yeah. God through the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and then we are charged to forgive and we will be forgiven by the way that we forgive. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, that's a high standard. Yeah. That's a high standard to, to be sinned against and to, to, to forgive according to the way that God forgave to where our life, the wrongs that are done against us are not important and we don't hold on to them. I, th- I mean, I think that's radical. Like, yeah. it's not it's yeah. not an easy thing. It's a, it's a radical thing because there's everything within us. Yeah. Our self-preservation, our dignity, our pride says, says no. I mean, there's got to be some sort of standard where I cut this off and I say, that can't be forgiven. Or I'll forgive you up to a point. Or I'll forgive you, but I'm still gonna, you know hold back some aspect of this relationship yeah which we can get into that's more reconciliation yeah, yeah. than it is forgiveness yeah but uh, I, I think i mean I, I think about so we're both married right and, and i think we it's, are we are and it's easy in any relationship but i think it can be easy in marriage if you're not careful to sort of keep score and and that doesn't have to be just about forgiveness but i, I think that it it sort of plays in and it can be something as simple as you know keeping track of how many times I've done the dishes versus you've done the dishes. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm at seven and you're at six. Therefore I'm winning or you owe me something. Right. And, and the whole, which is just like totally bogus and then there's no way to actually keep score. But we, we tend to like, I think this is a natural thing that we can, we can do in relationships or, well, you've, you did this to me, you hurt me in this way. And even though I say I've forgiven you, like I still am holding that in the back of my mind. And the next time you do something, then like that's two. And the next time, like that's three. So now you owe me in some sense, like three. I don't know. You're in my you're in my debt, debt. by by three instead right. of by one, right? Which is not actually forgiveness. Which is not actually forgiveness. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I think um that that wiping the slate clean that saying this this is this is this ceases to exist in some sense is what god does like this he's not god's not going to call up our sin in a way of condemnation again like there might i think there are times in the christian life where we can look back to and are invited to look back to our past sin as a way of remembering what God has done for us mm-hmm. and a way of remembering, but it's always about grace, right? It's always about remembering the grace that we have received. It's never a, well, remember, um, it's, it's never a, a calling back up to keep score or to, um, you know, adding on to like, well, you, you know, you had a lustful thought today. And remember a week ago you had a lustful thought. So that's two. I'm keeping track. You know, it's like, no, that's over and done with. It's like, what, what have you done today? And, and how am I redeeming that and calling you deeper into relationship with me? Yeah. I think, I don't know I, if that I'm, no, I, I'm, I'm following. And, and I think that that's right. Cause I think we see that consistently through scripture with God uh, and the Israelites that he, he, it's not necessarily about bringing up 
the sins of the Israelites past in a condemnation standpoint, but it's remember what I've done for you. Remember right. when I delivered right. you out of Egypt. Yeah. Remember when I've done this. You're you're following the same pattern again. Yes. I'm not holding that past part against you, but yeah. I'm saying remember it. Yeah. Because when you I th- I think it can get into kind of the discussion that we already had on guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Um is is a lot of the times that God reminds us of his grace is not to condemn, but it is to welcome us back into the fold right. and to show right. us that we are indeed forgiven. So, yeah. yeah. It it it's difficult to talk about too because I think God's forgiveness is inherently tied to salvation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, we talk about sanctification. Okay. Right, it's right. not about salvation anymore. I mean, it is always about salvation. Yeah. But we we are now on to sanctification. And that's yeah. when we start practicing forgiveness in the way that God forgave us. Yeah. And so now our sins are not counted against us in, from a salvation standpoint, mm-hmm. but our sins we are still sinful, right? Yeah. And we're still, God is still sanctifying us. He's still making us how we were created to be, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not real sure where I was going with this. I had it in my head and I've lost it. Rats. 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 My no. brain has failed me again. I don't, I don't know if this is where you're going or not, but when we are forgiven by God, like, and I think that again, like there's the initial forgiveness that we receive, um, that brings us into relationship with God by which we are brought from the old life to the new life by which we are ushered into the kingdom of God. With the repent, you know, when we repent, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. So that's, you know, justification. And then we step into that and then we live into that relationship in an ongoing basis we still are sinners and the forgiveness that comes sort of on the on the heels of our justification and being brought into that relationship is the ongoing work of the holy spirit to as you said to sanctify us right Mm -hmm. to it's making us more like christ it's conforming us to the image of christ and and the forgiveness is that we're not we're not um you know god never sends us back to the we're reformed, so we believe this. God yeah. doesn't send us back to the pre-justification state, right? You know, our our sins don't take us back to, um, the other side of zero, right? We're we're it, it's a our sins are currently getting in the way of a continuing relationship with God, and so confession and repentance is about allowing stepping into that forgiveness that brings us back into relationship. So it is like, and I think that. In the same way, like our forgiveness of others is not an invitation to offer them salvation, right? But it's it's a it's an invitation to um, recognize what has been done for us, and to um, well, it's just like a it's just like an earthly relationship. Okay, so we've been forgiven. And then now it's time to work on that relationship, right? Yeah. Now we step into the reconciliation point, yeah. which there's kind of forgiveness and then taking a couple steps in that relationship. And then there's probably some more forgiveness mm-hmm. and there's some failure in there. And then there's more forgiveness and taking steps forward in that relationship. And that's kind of like our relationship 
during the sanctification standpoint after justification, right? So it it's kind of in that that's how I view it at least, right? So we're never we're never going back. We've been forgiven and now we're working on that relationship. So when we as Christians offer forgiveness to someone else in a earthly relationship, we're inviting them towards restoration and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. We're not offering them salvation. Yeah. That's something that only God can yeah. give. But we are called to practice forgiveness in a radical sense so that we can bring about the restoration and reconciliation of right. Jesus to others. And through that radical forgiveness and that reconciliation and restoration that doesn't make earthly sense, yeah. we show the world Jesus and his radical right. forgiveness and sacrifice on the cross. Right. So why is it so hard? Yeah. It's simple. It's confusing. Yeah. It's simple, I don't, I don't know that but it's hard. Made it more simple, but yes. No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, I mean, it like like we said, when we're young, it seems so simple. Right. And really, if we were to break it down, it is very simple. You know, am I going to forgive this person or not? Yeah. But what are the things that hold us back from forgiving someone? Yeah. Kind of nuts and bolts. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a few different things, and in no no particular order, but a few things I would say that get in the way of forgiveness. Um, one, and we can come back to this, is a lack of understanding of our own forgiveness. So I, I think that okay. the you know Jesus says like the one who is loved much is is able to love the one who's forgiven much. Um, forgives much, you know. I, I think there there is that principle that we see in Scripture that um, the recognition of of all that we have been given and all that has been done for us should lead us into um, those things. So, recognizing that we're forgiven should lead us to forgive, should leave us to be more gracious and more compassionate. So, I think that's that's one we can be just. Um, I don't know if ignorance is the right word, but we we can underplay um, and under uh, appreciate the amount to which we've been forgiven. I think second would be that when we see a lack of repentance in someone, it it can be really hard to forgive. And I think that's the one of the really challenging things about forgiveness that we're called to is that it's not it's not conditional on mm-hmm. someone else's attitude. And so, and that's wait, again, wait, wait, time out. Yeah. Say that again. I think that this is super important. Yeah. Forgiveness is not conditional on someone else's attitude or response. So we don't have to deserve to be forgiven. No. Right. Yeah. And someone else doesn't have to deserve it to be forgiven too. Right. So the call to forgive is not a call and and that's we are called to repent you know and it's in repenting that we sort of live into that forgiveness but the call to forgive is not a call to forgive when someone else is when else someone else is when someone else repents it's just a call to forgive and so if you i don't know i can't even i'm trying yeah. to pull something in mind that you would do that i would need to forgive but if you did something yeah. if you 
I don't know, you know, came into my office and stole my computer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> your my... computer runs so much faster than mine. <laughs> Please steal my computer. That would actually be a tremendous gift yeah. to me. Um, but I don't, I don't know. If, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if you give it back. It doesn't matter if you say you're sorry. I'm still called to forgive you, right? If you have someone at school that, you know, for any students that are listening or, you know, colleague at work who undermines you, goes around you, talks bad about you behind your back, you know, um, maligns you, even lies about you to a boss or to a friend or, you know, whatever else, like, if they never repent, if they never recognize that what they have done is hurtful, if they never, um, if, if their attitude never changes, if they continue to bear hatred and animosity toward you, you still, we are still called to forgive. Um, but that makes it hard, right? It makes it, if someone's repentant, if someone comes and says, hey, I'm really, really sorry that I did that, will you forgive me? That can still be hard, but it's easier, I think. Yeah. Because they've recognized. They've recognized. I, I yeah. think that this is what makes forgiveness maddening. Yeah. Because it is easy to step in. I th- It's easier to step into forgiveness uh, and forgive somebody who has come to you and asked for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it's the hardest, I, in my experience, um, for what I've had to forgive people for, it's the hardest when they have no clue. Like literally they're just operating on a level that isn't even recognizing what they've done as hurtful or as needing some sort of forgiveness. Yeah. And so that doesn't negate the fact that we're still called to forgive. Yeah. But it's maddening. Yes. And I think that that gets into our sense of justice Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. It's like we oftentimes won't forgive somebody or we will forgive them um, as long as they're punished, you know, or it's like, Oh, well they, they, they've been punished enough or they've hurt enough or I'm going to wait until they get theirs. Yeah. So there's kind of like this twisted sense of like justice and revenge that kind of, so, is in there and it's like, okay, well now that they've suffered enough, then I, now I can let this go. Yeah. So this may be a topic for another day, but with that and with that desire, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that makes it really hard. So, you know, how do, what does forgiveness mean for Christians when we think about things like justice and seeking justice or, or even the rule of law? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, if, um, you know, if someone steals from you, right, we have Jesus' words, if someone takes your cloak, give them, you know, another one, or if someone asks you to walk a mile, walk walk two with them, mm-hmm. or, you know, what Sermon on the Mount stuff. Um, you know, if someone breaks into your house and steals your TV, does that mean you shouldn't call the cops? Right. You should just, I forgive you. Right. I, I think... Here's my radio. I think through a discussion that we had... Not that anyone has radio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think through a discussion that we had previously, yeah. um, I've thought about this a lot more, and yeah. I think that I think we like to look at it as like these two things are justice and forgiveness are mutually exclusive. Yeah, and I don't think that that's the case. Okay. I think that you can be 
just and we can also take up the mantle of 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 god's call to protect and god's call to fight against evil and wrong and yeah. or i guess not fight against but stand against yeah. evil and wrong yeah and then also uh forgive yeah and and be loving um i think god can work his reconciliation and forgiveness in prison yeah you know yeah. as a so i i i had a i've had one jury duty experience and mm-hmm. i was on a i didn't get selected for the jury thank God. Cause it was like, <laughs> it was a heinous case. Um, it was not something yeah. that I was really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it kept me up at night, mm. like before they decided, uh, who was going to serve on the jury. Cause I was one of the people that they could have picked or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I I want to be open-minded about this. But then like, uh, anyway. Yeah. And I came to the conclusion that, you know, God, no matter the result of this case, you know, if I'm on the jury, no matter the result of this case, God's grace and forgiveness can be extended to somebody who yeah. is serving um a consequence for what they've done yeah. right yeah. so this this justice for what they've done or what i've done we live with our consequences of our sin like there are natural yeah. consequences yeah. for our sin yeah and we live with them and it's not that god can't even redeem those situations yeah because he can and he often does but we we live with those consequences and even those consequences can be redeemed but that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences yeah you know well, even think, as forgiven yeah. reconciled people of god right right and i think i mean even it maybe even beyond consequences there is still judgment or discipline sure right? maybe, yeah. maybe is a better word and i think we see that in the old testament as a parent right i mean you you know we're sharing about you know campbell's morning and and Right. Like when, yeah. when there's disobedience, when there's, I think about, you know, my own disobedience as a kid and, and the conversation we, we had a little, not a little, we had a wooden spoon that was the uh, instrument of discipline. And before there, before that took place, there would always be the conversation like, okay, do you know what you did? Do you know why you're getting in trouble? Do you know that I love you? And this doesn't change how I my like i you're forgiven but there you're still getting punished right those things were not mutually exclusive because in some sense there needs to be the consequence there needs to be the reinforcement the discipline to to reinforce like this is not something that we do this is not going to be beneficial to you usually but not beneficial to your sisters you know yeah. like yeah <laughs> uh, and and so I, I do think that we and we see that in scripture right i mean we right. see that well, and when we're when we're talking societally too, not just in a household, yeah. right? Which is its own microcosm of society, right? Yeah, a household yeah. is. But when we're talking societally, we still do have to protect. We still right. like there like we talked about this in the the freedom episode. There's still a framework in which we all have to operate right. in. Right. Right. And if when you out, operate outside of that framework, then um there are consequences or yeah. there are you're no longer within the framework and you're no longer playing by the rules and yeah. and and to 
that framework um, keeps structure. Yeah. And and keeps things. I don't know. It's ordered yeah. there for a reason. Yeah. Well, and and when you get into society, you get into there are other people that are impacted, right? And we have examples in even in our church of like people who have had family members who are murdered, right? And who have forgiven the murderer. Um, and that's a, a beautiful Christ-like thing that we are all called to that I think would be tremendously difficult. But at the same time, like if that person is a danger to go out and do that again, our, you know, someone's forgiveness of that person doesn't necessarily mean that they shouldn't still serve time or, right. you know, other people still need to be protected, even if there's forgiveness there. Um, which you talk about the, the framework and uh, the framework, but the sort of the structure and kind of how forgiveness fits into that. It got me thinking about on a, on a societal level, we can see that, right? We can have, we can have forgiveness, but we still say there, there are rules and boundaries and I can forgive this person that robbed me, but they still need to, there's consequences for that action. Right. So sort of taking it back to the personal level and, and thinking again about forgiveness and reconciliation. So there's uh, Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Hey, if my, how many times does my brother sin against me and I should forgive them seven times, which Peter thought he was being pretty forgiving, like seven's mm-hmm. sort of the number of, well, have you ever had to forgive somebody seven times? Like that takes a lot. It takes a lot of social, emotional, yeah, physical energy. It takes a lot of doing. Yeah. And, and then Jesus once again drops the hammer and says, not seven, but seven times 70, which is, a way of saying never stop. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an infinite forgiveness that we're called to. It's just a, I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer in one of his sermons talks about it. It's, it's a lifestyle of forgiveness. It's not about an act here, or a moment there. It's about a lifestyle that is a lifestyle and an attitude of forgiveness. So that that's the call. So, so, but I, I guess my, my question is when you have, sort of the quote-unquote repeat offender in the context yeah. of a personal relationship, not talking about society. Mm-hmm. You know, you have um, this person always says they're going to get better. They're always asking for forgiveness, but they're continually stepping into the same sin or they're stepping into the same hurt. They're continually um, being you know, I don't know, hurtful with their words, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're continually like, we have a conversation, I share something with them and I go to them in confidence and then they go out and tell 10 people and, and um, you know, I don't know, I confess my sin to them and then they blab it about or I don't know, whatever yeah. it is. Like there's, and this, this happens just like again and again and again and forgive, it happens again, forgive and it happens again. Like at, at, at some point, does a break in the relationship does a um is is that at odds with forgiveness that like does forgiveness mean that i continually step into that situation or can forgiveness also exist alongside sort of a a boundary that's set or a um you know removal of myself from that situation a which would some sense be like a lack of restoration, a lack of reconciliation. Um, 
but can forgiveness exist alongside that in in the context of a personal relationship? Well, um, I think this is where we get that these two things are tied together, yeah. but they are different because forgiveness takes one person. Reconciliation takes two people mm. and yeah. or two parties, right? Yeah. So even our reconciliation with God, it's not, I mean, it is a one party thing because God's literally doing all of the lifting. Heavy lifting, yeah. Right. Yeah. But working in but, us. But, right, but working in us. If if there is, I mean, there are plenty of people out there in the world who are not reconciled to God. Yeah. Even though it's out there on offer yeah. right there for them. Yeah. They have to do nothing yeah. for it. It's there. Yeah. But it still takes two parties. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So... So in a sense, yeah, I mean, that that totally makes sense to me. Um, and forgiveness can exist outside of or alongside a boundary, right? Because until that person is willing to reconcile, then I don't know that relationship, it, it's smarter to have a boundary, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's not just, I think that, we oftentimes have to walk this line of how to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and how to give each other and how to give others grace and space to grow. Yeah. Um, because if we never make ourselves vulnerable enough to be hurt when we're trying to reconcile a relationship, then we'll mm-hmm. never make progress. Yeah. We will never actually yeah. reconcile that will never reach reconciliation and yeah. restoration yeah. of a relationship. Yeah. But at the same time, if there's somebody who's a gossip and you keep telling them your innermost, deepest, darkest secrets yeah. and and things that you don't want to get out there, that's just... You can work on that relationship in a different way, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. And I know that yeah. that's a silly... Um, yeah kind of example that you said out there but i think that there can be boundaries and forgiveness and working on that relationship at the same time yeah if that makes sense yeah for sure so to take it a step further and and hopefully this is a helpful question but so you kind of talked about attacking it maybe in a different way or you know maybe okay i'm not gonna this person's not a person that i'm gonna get vulnerable with right right i don't need to like cut them out of my life is it ever okay as a christian to cut someone out of your life To like completely say, I forgive you, but I don't ever want to, I don't want to talk to you again. At least, at least until if, you know, if you have a change of heart, maybe come back to me. But current things being as they are, again, this is, you're not repenting. It takes two to tango. So goodbye. I'm done. Yes. I think that that there's a place for that. I think that the language that you just used is not, there's not a place for that. Okay. That I'm yeah. completely like, I'm done. Yeah. Sayonara. Yeah. But a recognition that this relationship is not healthy. Yeah. And until I think that we as Christians should never 
ever, ever complete. We should not be the one burning bridges. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, but I think within particular situations, once reconciliation, forgiveness, restoration has been practiced, that we leave our half of the bridge up mm. and the other one might be torched and they might have to do some work to rebuild it to where yeah. we can reconnect yeah. the, the two halves of the bridge. Yeah. Um, but we always leave ours up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because there but, are some situations where it is um, completely unhealthy mm-hmm. and completely um, not good and not beneficial, especially when we, I think, look at how it affects others instead of just how it's affecting me. Yeah. So sometimes that may just like be affecting the whole family, right? Um, and you have a duty to stand against what is wrong in mm-hmm. order to protect what is right, yeah. right? And so yeah. sometimes you just have to prioritize and yeah. see, okay, yeah. this is doing damage to innocence. Right. And so right. I can't allow that damage to be hap- Like I'm the safeguard there, so I can't allow yeah. for that to happen. I'm leaving my end of the bridge up, but there's going to be a boundary. Yeah. And until there's certain things that happen, yeah. um, mm-hmm. then we can work on some things. Or, you know, when... Um, attitudes change or that other person is starting to seek reconciliation um, then then we can work on this but never to like take our half of the bridge down yeah i think that's good and i think that in some sense part of this is the recognition like a of just the, the the continual call to forgive and so never the bridge never goes down. I think that's a, that's a beautiful, like important thing to remember that, that that's really, really hard. Um, and I think the other side of it is, is also in both, both sides are humil- humility. Like there's a humility in keeping the bridge up, even if it doesn't feel like it's worth it. But the other side is a humility. I think in recognizing that the call to forgive is not a call to take the place of God in transforming someone else's heart. Right. And so, we are to offer forgiveness, but we can't make that person. And it's not our role to make that person be reconciled to us or to make them re- receive the forgiveness. And even to, I think, I think it's easy for me, like when I forgive someone or I'm hoping sort of that my forgiveness will lead them to like a different spiritual place, right? Like by me forgiving you, I'm opening the way and leading you out of your sin and into righteousness. And it can like, I think easily become sort of a, I'm better than you and I know what you need. And I know, I know what God needs to do in your life. And my forgiveness is like the way in which that's going to happen. Right. And and in some sense it it, like forgiveness can be act, can become an act of pride, Mm -hmm. um, which can, then leads to like more bitterness and frustration when things don't happen the way you want them to. So I think that there's also can be like a healthy letting go of that desire to play God and saying, I'm offering forgiveness. I'm not holding on to this. I'm not going to hold on to bitterness. I'm not going to let this um, impact my heart. I'm not going to hate you. I'm going to, you know, whatever, like I'm going to, 
um, do all that I can in my power to see you through the eyes of Christ, to see you and to love you with the love of Christ. But I'm going to let God be God in your life. And I'm not going to step into that role. Right. No. And I think that sometimes when we do what God wants us to do, we expect results. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, And yeah. so it's, yeah. but, but God's not a spell. Right. God, God yeah. is not something that we cast Jehovah. with a wand yeah. and I have cast my forgiveness upon you. Yeah. Which it's not even our forgiveness. It's the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, we're conduits. So, um, but we expect to see results and especially I think in our culture that is the microwave culture that it is. Yeah. We expect immediate results yeah. and people's hearts do not change. Even with Jesus, they yeah. do not change that fast or yeah. their hearts may change that fast. But again, we talked about habits, right? Yeah. Our brains do not change that fast. Like yeah. physically, we can change different pathways in our brains, but it takes repeated patterns yeah. to do it in, yeah. in reinforcement. I mean, we see this in teenagers all the time, or I see it in teenagers all the time, where their heart can be grabbed by Jesus, but their behavior does not reflect Jesus for yeah. a while. And yeah. it's just because it's not because they don't love Jesus. And it can be extremely frustrating for that person yeah. too. And it can yeah. be extremely frustrating for me because it's like, dude, we've just had like <laughs> these conversations and I know where your heart is and you go and do this. Like, what are you crazy? Yeah. And the answer is, um, sort of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a victim of my own humanity and yeah, my own the good body. That I want to do. I don't do and that right. which I don't want to do. That's what I find myself doing. Yeah. And, Paul struggled with that. Yeah. We all struggle with that. And yet we want the Holy Spirit to boom, you're changed, you know. Yeah. And, and what we don't do is trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in someone else. We can see the Holy Spirit at work yeah. in us. We can feel the Holy Spirit convicting and prompting. And we, we, we know when we're ignoring the Holy Spirit. And we know when we're listening to the Holy Spirit. And we want to be rewarded and get some sort of gratification immediately for our obedience to God, yeah. which is like, I, I tell Campbell this too. Like I want, she wants to be rewarded for doing what she's supposed to do. And it's like, yeah. no, yeah, <laughs> you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. you know, and I think that that's oftentimes what we want out of God is to be rewarded with, with being able to see the fruit of our labor when mm -hmm. we've just done what is central and core yeah. to being Christian and we yeah. forgave someone. Yeah. Good for us. You know, I, I, it sounds harsh, but at the same time, it's <laughs> yeah, kind of no, like it's true. Yeah. we we do expect for, yeah. we, you know, God's going to use this forgiveness in such a huge way. And it's yeah. like, and that's I mean, what you're just supposed to do. Yeah. Well, in the same way, I think we can I mean, have he that, can. Like, he can use it in a huge way, and he can make yeah. that immediate, and he does sometimes. Yeah. And that's what we see in the news, and that's what we hear yeah. in these, like, crazy awesome testimonies of forgiveness and how it brings somebody else to Christ and stuff like that. But it's yeah. not always that big and crazy. Yeah. A lot of times, it's much more simple and less... Even gratifying, less yeah. gratifying. It's just kind of normal. I mean, and I that yeah, makes us mad and frustrated. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I think with 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 prayer, with reading scripture, with like daily devotionals. You know, I, I think conversations with students of, I prayed today and nothing happened. 
I was like, well, good. Pray tomorrow too. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> like that, <laughs> I don't know what you were. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, and I get it. Like when, yeah. you, we know when, when, when we're not in the habit of that and we're like, God told me this, I, I, I did it. And this is going to be awesome. And God's going to like show up in a burning blaze of fire and, you know, it's going to be awesome. And my life is going to be transformed because I prayed for 10 minutes and it's like, well, maybe, and that's awesome. And I, and I do pray for that for you, but maybe that's just the first step of obedience. And what you really need to learn is obedience. That's the, like, that's what God wants from you is obedience. And this is where I think the way that what I was going to say is just going to come out completely wrong. So bear with me, but where the Bible isn't helpful. (laughs) in some ways is that i mean we see moses and we see the burning bush and we see peter and he's walking on water and we see daniel in the lion's den and shadrach meshach and abendigo and they go into the fiery furnace and then it's like where the heck's my burning bush or fiery furnace or why can't i walk on water you know and when we really do have that in our life like just the simple forgiveness of jesus christ covering our sin and bringing us back into relationship with the father is exactly that it's yeah. that yeah. big it's it is bigger big. yeah. than all of those things yeah it doesn't seem that way it's not as exciting i maybe it's yeah. not where the bible's not helpful it's where hollywood is really not helpful because yeah. our life yeah. doesn't reflect it does reflect the the people in the bible in yeah. a lot of ways yeah but we don't have a book about chad the normal Jew who decided <laughs> to follow Jesus as the Messiah and he yeah. was a insurance agent and yeah. had a wife and kids and it was yeah great and fine and he died at the age of 87 and lived a fulfilled life yeah. never having left his hometown like yeah. we yeah. don't we don't have that yeah. you know what I mean yeah. um I think that those people are in the Bible but we don't get their full story you yeah. know all yeah the we time. get we get glimpses like Simon sure. of Cyrene or who right. carries the cross of Jesus or even Nicodemus yeah you know would be someone who or Simon the Tanner or Jason but yeah. still even something dramatic happens to them right yeah. Yeah. and not to say that that Chad the normal Jew <laughs> something exciting wouldn't have happened to him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, just tried to come up with somebody no, I like, normal. I like it. Chad, the you know? normal Jew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a totally not Jewish name. I was but, say, you know. Yeah, we're going to get in trouble for that. Um, no, but I think you're right. Yeah. we we, And I think even of the end of John's gospel, where it talks about like Jesus did many other things. And if all the things that he did were to be written down, I suppose that all the pages sort of and all the earth would not be able to contain it. And I think and I think I think John's talking about more than just his earthly ministry. Yeah. I, I think he's talking about like Jesus as the son of God who through whom all things were made, like who can contain what can contain all that God has done. So that's in but like but these things are written so that you may believe. And so you know the scriptures are given to us as as reminders, as signposts, as like pointers to remind us like this is who God is, this is what God does but not necessarily as this is going to be the one-to-one of your life, right? Like right. my my promise and what I did with Abraham should remind you that I'm faithful and should remind you that I am like, so that you would believe that I keep my promises, right? But not necessarily that I'm going to ask you to cut 10 animals in half and then I'm going to burn them up and make a covenant with you. Yeah. Like that's not necessarily the takeaway from a story 
from the story of Abraham. Right, right. Um, or even the burning bush, like God appearing yeah. to Moses in the burning bush. The takeaway is not that God can appear in a burning bush, and yeah. that's how he talks to you. The takeaway is that he hears his people's cry. Yeah. The, the, that and, he cares about his people and that he'll work yeah. through anyone. Yeah, and that I am. To And that he is, I, right? I'm the one who right. is and was, the one who is coming into your midst and right. it's rescuing like, you. It's like number 50 on the list of takeaways that God can come and speak to us through a burning yeah. bush. Yeah, that is true. That that, is like, it's, not yeah, the, it's not the, the primary. But that that is good cinema, and that is yeah. what we are drawn to, and yeah. that is what we see. And I think yeah. so when we talk about forgiveness, we want something huge to happen. And so we can yeah. prefer, practice forgiveness, nothing huge happens, and then it's kind of frustrating. And it's like, yeah. okay, God, well, you're not working through this. And yeah. and now we've moved into a place of resentment and a place of a God complex and a place yeah. of superiority complex. And we're not trusting that the Holy Spirit is at work in this situation, even where we can't see it. Right. So anyway. So good stuff. So as we draw us to a close and wrap a nice neat bow on it. Uh-huh. Everything that we've said. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. What, what do you think are some practical ways that we can become better at forgiveness? Like, like how, do, in terms of the, the life of discipleship, the call to sanctification and to be holy, like how do we actually move from, we know this is important. It's hard to do. People are jerks. People are unrepentant, but I still need to forgive. I want to become forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we, what, I don't know, what, 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 what might be some practical suggestions? Sure. I'll give practical suggestions that I'm not going to say anything to you, listener, that I haven't said to myself. Yeah. Okay. So these are straight out of the playbook of Jackson on how to practice forgiveness Perfect. better. If and you want a copy of that, just come to the office. Yeah. <laughs> Number one is realize that you're not as good as you think you are or you're not as right as you think you are. And that bothers me to no end because yeah. like I'm right like 90% of the time, just so you know, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> but realizing that I'm not actually right 90% of the time cuts me to the core because i'm like no i'm 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 pretty right yeah and uh i don't know we like to think very highly of ourselves and there's nothing wrong with being confident Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that you shouldn't have confidence or that you shouldn't have confidence in who you are and that you shouldn't have self-esteem that's not what i'm saying should you have confidence in confidence alone i have confidence (laughs) in confidence um nice uh but that the just the realization that i think when we come to the foot of the cross initially for salvation there is this recognition that i suck okay that i am not as good as i've always projected to be and i think that as we go through the process of sanctification sometimes we can lose that yeah because we become more like christ and so some of those things leave us and so then we get this false sense of security within Mm. ourselves and that we're in one on one hand we yes we are becoming uh 
don't want to use this word necessarily, but we are becoming better. Yeah. We're, we are becoming more like Christ. Yeah. And so things are changing in our life and we've put to bed some of the older stuff. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't, that can just lead to more subtle areas yeah. Yeah. where we, we are wrong. Yes. Right. <laughs> then that's easier to hide. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just less outrageous yeah, to yeah, yeah, people yeah, or whatever, yeah. uh, more palatable to yeah. ourselves. Yeah, um, but realizing that we're not as awesome as we think we are. Um, yeah, so good. yeah, that's yeah. number one for yeah. me personally. Humility. <laughs> yes. Humility, I guess is what it is. Uh, number two, um, is, is really exercising trust. Mm. Um, and trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in somebody else. Mm. Um, that, that, that one's always been a hard one to wrap my mind around because if yeah. they're not getting it while I'm telling them, then they're not getting it. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes it, I mean, just even if you look at your own experience or I look at my own experience, it's taken years for the Holy Spirit to stew within me on a particular issue or on a mm. particular behavior on our, or on a particular sin or something like that before yeah. change actually happens. Yeah. And so who are we to undermine that in someone else or say that God is not at work in them, right? And we can get really frustrated, and I get really frustrated all the time with God's timing <laughs> because it's not my time. Yeah. And... Uh, that means that I'm not right and I'm not the Lord of time, which frustrates me. Um, Not a time Lord. No. Campbell, though, is a time Lord. She's a time Lord. We'll we'll go into that sometime. (laughs) She's a time Lord. That's awesome. Yeah. I can help get her dressed and have like 30 minutes before I need to leave. And I spend five minutes in her room and now I'm like 15 minutes late. I I don't know how it happens. (laughs) She's a time Lord. That is a power. Yes. It's amazing. She's got a power. So yeah. yeah, those are kind of my my first two um, yeah. is, is is humility and trust, yeah, that's good. Um, and 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 confidence that God is at work, yeah, even when we can't see it, and that that really is kind of like two sec, subsection B because it's a it's an exercise of trust, yeah. Um, that's yeah, kind that's of good. the playbook. That's good for me. That's good. Uh, and that sounds like there should be like five, but no, there's just two. And that's as far as I've gotten so far. Yeah. And it's still infuriating. Yeah. And recognize that it's going to be infuriating. Yeah. It's, your pride is going to get in the way. But the more that you recognize that your pride is going to get in the way, it leads you away from frustration and more towards introspection of why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Why, what am I not trusting God with that I'm feeling like this? Yeah. Because so often it's about what we're what we're holding on to, yeah. And and I do think that that oftentimes that does come down to trust, in that we're holding on to hurt or a self justification or or a need to be avenged or whatever it is, and, and the ability and the willingness to to give that to God and to trust that God will provide what we need, whether that's a sense of security or whether that's a sense of safety, whether that's a sense of of purpose or meaning. I mean, sometimes, you know, people can hurt us in a way that cuts at the core of our sense of self and sense of like, man, who, who am I if I don't have this or if I'm not this or if this person is, I don't know. I, so I think trust is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only other thing that I, I might add is, 
and I think about Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life together talks about this a lot, but just the, the continual challenge to see other people as Christ sees them Mm -hmm. is, is big for me that, and he's like that the person in front of you is someone for whom Christ died. That even if you have hurt me, Christ still forgives you and Christ still died for you and Christ still loves you. Mm-hmm. And if Christ can, and and you've done more to Christ than you've done to me. Um, and that's still like a logical leap that doesn't always, it's like I, you can know that theoretically without yeah. it, it impacting your heart. But yeah. still like if I know that like Christ has forgiven you, then not just has Christ forgiven me and therefore I should forgive, but also Christ has offered forgiveness to you. So who am I to withhold that? Right. And I, and I think that that, that's, that's also just a, a mindset shift of bringing Christ into every relationship. Yeah. And letting Christ be present in every relationship that we have. Yeah. And I, I think that you're right on. Um, and I think that that, I don't know why that brought this into my mind, but this is something that's kind of newly into my mind. So I might add it in my, my, my playbook. Yeah. Ooh, um, point three. But seek forgiveness from others as you would want the difficult people in your life to seek forgiveness from you. Mm. Like we said, it's easier to forgive mm. somebody when they're seeking forgiveness. Yeah. And I think this might go hand in hand with thinking that we're better than we actually are. But the reality is, is that if other people are hurting you to the point where you have to forgive them, then I mean, you're no less human than they Mm. are. And so that means you're, you're probably needing forgiveness from somebody else. So take a look in, look at, you know, even if it seems silly, I, and I've seen this a lot, um, uh, Actually, I see it a lot in in students. They'll come up and they'll ask or they'll say sorry or they'll ask for forgiveness for something that is totally like not a big deal for me, but it's weighing on their conscience. And I think that that's a beautiful act of humility and a beautiful act that can really help us extend forgiveness to others too is to be the one who needs to be forgiven. Not that we want to torch bridges or like be defiant so that we can be forgiven but we just do that naturally on our own anyway without trying so um seek forgiveness from others um as well don't just blow it off don't just say oh well they've already forgotten about it right maybe they have but still seek forgiveness and i I think it's so good yeah And, and even if you don't know i think like your junior higher example right even if you don't know if you've hurt someone it's still I, th- I think will only benefit the relationship to go and say, Hey, when I did this, I felt like it might've hurt you. And I'm really sorry if it did. And they can say, no, it didn't like, that was yeah. totally fine. But thanks for like the, the fact that you would come and step into that place of risk and vulnerability and be humble with them. I, I think like that's only going to help a relationship. Um, and, and I think again, yeah, the, the, that changes the posture of our heart. Yeah. And those are like the practical habits that that can really impact our lives. And the other I think confession, right? I mean we confess our sins every week, but that but I think a daily practice of confession also orients our hearts. Mm-hmm. And and again that humility if we're like the practical Lord I confess that I've sinned against you and as we recognize ourselves in our brokenness then 
when someone sins against us, we're like, well, I, I, that's me. Yeah. Right. And I think that that changes our, the posture of our hearts to yeah. enable us to forgive I, more too. So good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, forgive us for going so long. Uh, hopefully you've listened to this one in chunks because, yeah. uh, We've been talking for a long time. <laughs> We've been talking for a long time. Yeah, I might have to split this one up into two. Yeah. Um. But yeah, forgiveness. We've got lots more on this. I mean, we can just talk for ages. That's I mean, seriously, true. Dan and I could sit here and just... Yeah. We're a little chatty Cathy's. We, yeah. <laughs> and that's without even going into the death penalty. I would have I know, right? here another ah! hour, so... Yeah, yeah. No, a different episode. Different episode, but... Yeah, later. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, as always, hit us up if you've got questions or comments. If anything we said sparked a thought in your mind that you want to toss around over a cup of coffee or whatever else, or walk at the gathering place. I'd, I'd rather have coffee. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This this fall weather, man. I'm loving it. I know. Dude, I, I just want to go fishing. I'll, t- I'll take <laughs> yeah, you fishing. Yeah, go fishing. Go fishing. I'll take you fishing. I'll take you Let's disc golfing. If you want to go disc golfing, hit me up. You want to go fishing, Dr. Jackson? Yeah. So. Yeah. Can I can I go disc golf with you? Yeah. Of course. You want to come fish with me? I'd love to. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I lost my one fishing pole. That's okay. I, I got the story. I got plenty. No. It was a couple years back. How'd you lose a fishing pole? Well. Did you like throw it in the water? The no, I had it. I had it with my camping gear uh-huh. in my backpack. I brought my backpack.